everyone, and welcome to the Galactic Podcast. I'm Lauren Romo. With me, as always, is my cousin and fellow nerd, Andrea Gutierrez. Yo, yo, yo. What's taking, going on, cuz? I'm taking notes right now. You said something <laughs> quite interesting before we started recording, and I was like, I have a note for that. <laughs> and of course, this is very us doing kind of like, oh, hey, this is what we're going to do. On the fly. Throwing it at. Throwing it at us. That's part of the fun. That's part of the fun. Um, uh, uh, this is episode one hundred and one. We did our one hundredth last episode. Good stuff, man. So we had a lot of positive feedback from everybody about our one hundredth. So thanks, guys, again. We, we sure did. That was great. I appreciate it so so much. I know I can speak for Andrea. It was very kind. Very kind words. Very kind. Congrats. I got some texts and DMs from people saying they love the show and all that stuff. So. Appreciate it all the way around. But today we're going to have some fun talking about the Book of Boba Fett gallery that came out. There is some juicy stuff uh, to dive in, to dissect. Again, it was another great gallery. So we're going to talk about that today. But before we do that, if this is your first time listening to us, welcome. We are Star Wars Podcast that discuss anything and everything within that galaxy far, far away. In each episode, we will dive into one or two topics and have a general discussion on them. Topics could be movies, TV series, books, comics, a specific character, you name it, and we talk about it. So, Andrea? Yes. Book of Boba Fett Gallery. You and I a are banger. You and I are big fans of the behind the scenes stuff. So you're, this was this was great. You were gonna say BTS, but I was. you stopped. I stopped. You can't, I said can't say behind the scenes. You can't say BTS if you're gonna say behind the scenes. Because if you say BTS, I immediately go to seven Korean men who've changed my life. <laughs> this is true. So we have to go behind the scenes. Scenes. Behind the scenes. Whenever behind I see scenes. BTS and it's not BTS on Twitter, I'm like BTS. And then it's like, no, they mean behind the scenes. <laughs> So behind the scenes of Book of Boba Fett, again, this was, we both love all that stuff. So this was another fantastic, you know, uh, continuation of what they do, what they show behind the scenes and everything like that. Wonderful stuff. Wonderful stuff. Some juicy quotes that we have that we're going to dive into. Some interesting things, uh, I think, happened as well. We'll bring that towards the end but let's go kick off with our kind of overall thoughts on this in particular gallery for the book of boba fett i enjoyed it i loved it again the just i am always amazed at how just spectacular they make these shows the practical stuff they use the just it's amazing I mean, when they were talking about the Rancor stuff and Danny Trejo was talking, God, I could listen to that guy talk about that all day. That was Dude, amazing. He talks about Star Wars like we talk about Star Wars. For he real. talks about the Rancor like it's an actual thing. It is so awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. And again, the, but that goes to like he was talking about like the animatronic and how like specific it is. Like he was saying, it's not just like the arm moves, but it's like the whole muscle twitches eyes twitch like it's it's fantastic stuff i mean what they did with again cad bane and like that uh that kind of whole mask and chrysanthemum chrysanthemum stuff was cool i mean just all the practical stuff and then again 
Robert Rodriguez, I could listen to that guy all day too. Talk about Star Wars. Talk about why he loves just making movies and or shows all together. I mean, again, he did a homemade, like what he thought about for that um, creature from Tatooine. Amazing. <laughs> again, it's just so Robert Rodriguez doing like a homemade, like of what he like saw his vision to show people and to show like what he was thinking. Like, it's just, again, I loved all that stuff. Again, Tamora Morrison, I could listen to him talk all day. Minwao, I love her. She was fantastic. I like how, you know, again, you learn how huge, like Filoni said, huge Star Wars fan she is. And she was geeking out over stuff. So again, I love the behind the scenes stuff you and I both do. I thought this one was another another good one. I mean, the Mandalorian, the first two Mandalorians were great. It's just, it really just shows how much love and much respect they put into these shows. Even though some some people might say it's, you know, they don't believe that or, you know, it's Floney and Dave don't agree on stuff or whatever they want to make up, you know, this week. But it really does show how much they are all on the same page. You know, even F uh, Favreau talked about, like, this is the season three of Into Our Storytelling. Three seasons into our storytelling. So they see this as a huge kind of continuation of, you know, the, the Mandoverse, as maybe you and I call it and maybe other people call it. But it's really interesting stuff. Like, I think that there's a lot of deep stuff. And we'll there's two quotes that we'll talk about later on. But, Andrew, I'll throw it to you. Your overall thoughts on it? Anything kind of pop out to you as far as, you know, uh, oh, that was cool. I didn't know they did that. Uh, so what what are your overall thoughts on this in particular gallery? Yeah, I loved it. Um, yeah, it was really great at showing like what a cool cat Robert Rodriguez is. Um, the way he hangs out with his cast, playing guitar with them. Him and Tamora singing that song, the star like pit. That was blues. awesome. <laughs> My God, that was so cool. So cool. And I love how he pays um, homage to George Lucas and what he taught him. And the way George kind of created Star Wars from nothing and backed himself and him being an independent filmmaker, that was really inspiration to, inspirational to him. So I loved that. I also loved how they brought up a lot of movies and films that they referenced. Yes, the references, yep. I mean, they really went, I mean, there were so many. There were like gangster films. They talked about The Godfather. They talked about Conan the Barbarian. Uh, the Godfather reference how it's like challenges of like consciousness. It was just so great. The creatures they talk about Clash of the Titans and really my favorite was the Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, I, with when the Steph train. said that, I was like, Andrea's gonna love that. That was She's so cool. Love that reference, yeah. Oh, it was so cool. And then um, Tamora talking about it as well too, like saying when he was a kid, those were films that he watched, and when he walked into it, like he was Lawrence. I just that stuff like gives me chills. To know that these actors and these creators have such a deep knowledge and a deep passion for film. And then to see that come out through the projects that they make is just absolutely amazing. Tamora Morrison, just so cool bringing his uh, Maori roots um, into his, uh, you know, fight choreography with the gaffy stick. Um, just And then when they kind of created that dance um, on the fly at the end of episode two 
with the Tuscans. Very emotional, very great. And a lot of people got such an, an emotional response from that part. Like we saw it on Twitter. The reaction of it was very positive. So I love that they they bring his background and his heritage into the Star Wars lore. And he, he is very well Star Wars educated as well. And he takes his character very seriously and just to hear him talk about things he researched and um you know what he believes like boba fett's psyche is and like wants to get to that stuff was really great because i you know it was awesome a lot of things that they said we said when we broke down the podcast yes we did yep. yep so it was like a really good confirmation of yes like we are in tune with the message that um current star wars feloni and favreau's message we got it that's what i really loved like you got it i got it um force center got it you know a lot of us just like really honed in that this was a story of a character's growth right so um i don't know what question or no it was tamora morrison that he said like that boba fett's a changed man he's like and as we all grow up we mature and as we get a little bit maturity sometimes we soften we change and that's what happened to boba fett and that's that's what we were trying to say like if you didn't get that message and you were just mad because he wasn't a badass 100 percent of the time then you missed it and i think some people did miss it i love that we didn't and that it resonated through us so that yeah. was really get great. Ming Na, she's huge Star Wars geek. Rosario, huge Star Wars it. geek. Loved it. Man, that stuff is awesome to get that reaction out of people. Practicals were amazing. You know, Fennec in the mod parlor actually having her lay there. Uh, the Rancor head, the N1 Starfighter, like all that stuff. You know, they, they just really put a lot of passion into making things the way the original Star Wars, the way George intended it to be, which was to have you transformed or transported into another galaxy. Wow, I went really long. <laughs> but there was so much of that, though. That's the beautiful part about this gallery. I mean, again, the others, too. But this one in particular, like you, like you touched on, it really hit home of what we talked about, what other podcasts have talked about is the the main theme the main kind of crux of the show is Boba Fett growing into an actual character. And there is a quote by Dave uh or uh, I'm sorry John Favreau that we'll we'll talk about later on that I think sums up what you and I are are talking about. So we'll, we'll talk about it in a minute. But yeah, the references out, the Lords of the Arabia, that was like such a deep cut. And then another deep cut I didn't even realize and was really cool is when they were talking about Mandalore and that whole sequence. Um, I can't remember the gentleman that brought it up, but they talked about like looking for references as far as like how to make it look kind of very, you know, like scary or like you feel like you're in a just a, a, another planet going through a huge disaster. And they referenced the movie Jarhead, which I've I've seen. I don't know if you've seen it. It's with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, right. That was really cool because that there is that moment in that movie where they are in the desert. And again, it's what other lighting are you going to use? But they use like the the flames from the oil field, and then they got that inspiration to be like, okay, what can we do with that with with the Mandalore and the Night of the Thousand Tears? And that's what they did. They kind of referenced 
or use that as like a, a reference to like, okay, show shadows, show these, you know, huge um, K2 robots, the, dro- uh, the um, other, the, not the droids, but the uh, probe droids, probe droids. Thank you. So like that was just really, really cool for them to pull from random, not random movies, but like really kind of deep cut movies. It was really, again, you see it and it makes sense. And just like you said, it it just shows how much film, not just like Star Wars nerds, but film nerds these guys are. And it's really cool to see. And it just shows in the product itself. You know, I just, yeah. I, Rob Rodriguez, I can listen to that guy talk all day. I can watch him play guitar all day with Timora. Like, it was just, it was so cool. I love it. And it, again, you feel that I love when Rodriguez talks about like how he kind of approaches these projects. Like, you know, he's like, I want to be collaborative. Like basically I want to play music with Tamora. You get a connection and then it, it just feeds off that energy. And it, it showed in the, sh- in the, sh- in the storytelling and in the show that that's what they got for sure. So final thoughts. So is Ange on kind of uh, on the overall of the gallery. So question for you, maybe even question for myself is we were a little critical around Robert Rodriguez's acting saying that or directing, sorry, saying that those episodes were maybe the weakest out of the series minus the last episode. Right. So first episode, third episode, we were kind of like, man, this really slows it down. And do you still feel that way knowing this behind the scenes information and what he was trying to concoct? Do you feel like, do you want to still put him at the lower performing episodes? I mean, overall on the the series, I still would feel that way. But again, it doesn't make it like a terrible, like, oh, I can't, I, it's like unwatchable or anything. It's just, I think the episodes that followed, you know, were strong just because of what they're trying to, I think, tell from, from that, you know, from episode one. And he even talked about that. He talked about how he had to kind of set the tone and everything like that. So no, I still would feel that way. I think I'd still feel that way, but I think I, again, I, I, I always had, and I think both you and I have had respect for Robert Rodriguez. And I think this just kind of shows how much like he cares though. You know, no matter what, he cares yeah. about this stuff. That's his thing. Like, he cares about Star Wars, and it shows. So whether his episodes were the greatest or, like, really, you know, like, some of our favorite stuff. Like, I mean, again, Mando Season 2, his episode was fantastic. Yeah, you know? Absolutely. I think it's just maybe how they were how they were telling the story. Maybe just what he got maybe wasn't up his alley until the finale. That's my, right. What about you? What what do you what's your thought? I think the same thing. I think he was tasked with telling the entire story, the parts that he decided or whoever decided to place him in um were necessary parts and it wasn't as strong as the Tuscan episode, it wasn't as strong as the um Fennec episode, but they were necessary, right? That's why I feel like the episode placement of these could have like been cut different, but whatever. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. yeah. But that last episode and even Filoni saying like, he couldn't believe he got all of that in the can, like how it was just amazing how much he could pack 
into one episode and like calling it the greatest hits of Star Wars, which it absolutely was. It had everything that you wanted about Star Wars. It had, you know, the finish of the character arc. It had um, your your villain come out. It had your rank or your practical effects. It had explosions, Star Wars explosions. You know, um, it had sentimental moments like with Grogu and Mando. It had humor. Like that was a packed excellent episode and we even said before like if we were tiny tiny kid watching that last episode we would have fallen in love with star wars in in that episode regardless of what we saw before yeah no 100 percent. because again he there was so much that they like he even rodriguez talked about like there's so much to put in boba riding a rancor you know grogu mando cad bane just a huge fight sequence. Like there was a lot. And I liked how he actually went to Favreau and was like pitched him to be able to do it, you know? And he was, I like the whole, like kind of Favreau, like kind of made him wait a bit, but like obviously eventually gave it to him. But that's cool that again, Rodriguez felt so passionate about like, I want to wrap this up. I want to do that because that was his jam. The finale is a total Robert Rodriguez, like, throwback to a lot of things that he's done before so yeah it fits again i don't think my opinion changes as far as his episodes might have not been my favorite in this series but that doesn't mean he's not good for star wars doesn't mean that he is i'd think of any less of him i think you and i would both agree that like he is a great director he knows his stuff and he's passionate about it and that's that's all that matters i think in the end for sure Let's move on then. We're good. There's two quotes, one from Favreau, one from Filoni that I really want us to dissect. So we're going to start with uh, John Favreau's quote. And you touched on it before, Ange, about I think what people's maybe expectations were as far as going into this and seeing Boba Fett be Boba Fett because of what maybe we saw in Mando season two. And this is the quote from Favreau. He says, as much fun as it is to think about a character who has questionable morality blasting his way through the galaxy, that only goes so far. He continues to say, you can't really explore storylines. It sounds good, but when you actually zoom in and explore what's going on with the character, if that character is just a lawless character who's doing really cool action sequences, that's not Star Wars. Star Wars has to be about each character facing certain obstacles, usually emotional ones as well as physical ones. You know, if there's no internal conflict going on with the character, you're losing half of what makes it impactful. I mean, right there, basically, I think Favreau's like, listen, kids. Yeah, we know you liked Boba Fett, like, you know, kicking butt and all that stuff, but that's not storytelling. That's just a part of the character. And it's cool to see, but that's not why we were doing the show. We were doing the show to explore the character. That's why they did it, kids. This isn't because of they thought, oh, let's make Boba Fett real cool and have him like kick butt the entire eight episodes. No, dude. Just like he said. What's what's the story in that? Yeah, it's cool, but there's no story in it. It'd just be eight episodes, seven episodes of a guy just, you know, going through the galaxy and just shooting stuff and fighting. What? What does that do? That does nothing for the character. Not only did he say that's not a good story, he also said that's not Star Wars. 
Yes. That is not Star Wars. Not having a hero facing against a villain and there if there was no emotional conflict between it and you go back to all the ending battles luke and vader obi-wan and vader obi-wan and anakin ray and kylo if there was no internal conflict on those would we be invested would we even nope. want to watch star wars anymore this isn't like a video game where you get to the big boss and you're like oh i exactly. just have to defeat the i just have to defeat the big boss no there there is some sort of um i can't think of the word it's just it's so like they said it's all about learning how the character moves throughout the f- their future and how their growth happens that's not really what i wanted to say i'll think of the word but i came close <laughs> but you're absolutely right it's not about the video game of it all or just like seeing him running around the galaxy, just shooting up stuff and like kicking butt. Yeah, that's cool to see. That's cool to see. But what, what's the story in that? You know, what, what else? I don't want to like slam Marvel, but Marvel at the end going up against the big villain. I don't think there's too much of an internal conflict for them. They just want to protect people. Right. So they fight the big boss. There's no conflict or growth of I'm getting past something that I've struggled with or there are repercussions if I do this, you know, things like that. So in in that aspect, aspect, Marvel movies are very flat if you think about it. And I hope I didn't stir any feathers or ruin Marvel movies for myself. <laughs> but Star Wars has a different element. You know, it it is like the crescendo of like, you know, of an opera or a symphony. Oh, you're right. It's just like builds up and it's giving you different elements to where it completes the story. I I agree. I mean, again, that's why it's important to look at the themes. We've talked about this and we will hammer that, you know, until maybe we're we're done podcasting like this is what we have come to enjoy in Star Wars. It's the storytelling. Yeah, it's cool to see the blasters and the lightsabers and all the action sequence. That's Star Wars too. No question. No question. But just like Favreau said, it's more than that. It's not just that. Star Wars isn't just that. It's the conflict. It's the storytelling. And there's no story to tell if you just have a guy running through the galaxy in action sequences for eight episodes. What is that? What's the point? So, yeah, I that quote is one of my favorite quotes from this gallery because I think it expresses, I think what you and I have talked about, what many other podcasts have talked about, is, you know, it's so much more than lightsabers and blasters in fight sequences. That's that's part of Star Wars, but it's so much more than that. And I'm glad full uh, Favreau was like, "Yeah, kids, that's Star Wars. Like, yeah, it's cool, but like that. There's more to Star. There's more to Star Wars than all that. And I and I hope that resonates with people because again, I know people. We've we saw it online about they want you know people wanted to see what he talked about, right, Ange? Like, people wanted to see Boba Fett just kick butt for eight episodes. But what's the point of it? Not, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's cool, but again, what's 
what's the story in that? I, I, I guess that, and I, I appreciate Favreau saying this. I think it resonates and I hope it, and I hope it does resonate with a larger audience. You know, anything else you want to talk about, about that quote or anything? No. Um, you know, I just want to go back to where you said people wanted to see Boba Fett kick butt for eight episodes. Right. Um, I didn't want to see him kick butt for eight episodes, but I, when it didn't come in as hard as I wanted it to like the episode in Mandalorian season two, That's it gave fair. me that kind of like, uneasy anticipation of what is going on here so breaking this up as six seven eight episodes whatever it was was tough i feel like this should have been like special events like maybe a two-hour special event and then another one and then another one so we were really getting a taste of where the story was going because the story would stop and we'd have a week in between and we were like what is going on like where are we going who is this guy you know but to see it um in a complete way you you got it like hands down and the message that favro was talking about here was landed perfectly but breaking it up was tough as a viewer yeah no i i i can see that like if this was say a binge where they put it all at once maybe it feels different but week to week I could I see that and people I think we talked I think you and I talked about it about how like yeah this is it's good it's resonating but we just don't see the final product but then when we got there it's like okay here's the bigger storyline here's what they were connecting from the first episode to the last episode so it took its time but it still resonated I think overall you know and again just like he talked about this is three you know this is three seasons of them with story storytelling so and we talked about that before how like this is all connected right they're connecting this mandalorian uh lore you know they're connecting boba fett to the man to mando probably going to connect ahsoka to it because of her interactions you know so this is going to connect and maybe come to a big event again we've talked about that it's been talked about. I think they've talked about it in uh, interviews, I believe, you know, uh, Filoni and Favreau. So when you put it in that context of like him saying what he said about this is Star Wars and that this is season three of their story storytelling. Yeah, do they got like they're connecting to it. And Filoni talked about that, too, about how he knows fans want things to be connected. And they're doing that. And this is this is this just shows that they're doing that for sure. All right. So speaking of Filoni, let's go to his quote. So this was during the whole um Ahsoka, Luke, Grogu stuff that they got into. And that was really cool. We'll talk about um that after this. But one of my favorite quotes from Filoni was this one. He says, I've always felt with Luke that he is a step more on the Qui-Gon Jinn path, even though he didn't really know Qui-Gon. But if you go Qui-Gon taught Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan taught Luke, you can get that kind of uh, mythology there. It's also interesting because Qui-Gon taught Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan taught Anakin. So Obi-Wan taught father and son, which I find compelling. And then father teaches Ahsoka. Very compelling. 
So again, that, that's just Filoni connecting dots as he does and shows how, again, what Luke was teaching reflects what he has learned and then that even a reflection of what that person learned from their master. So again, he goes from Qui-Gon to Obi to Luke. And then obviously Qui-Gon, Obi, Anakin, Ahsoka. So like you can see where all of the teachings that he's teaching Grogu fits to what we have learned before, right? I mean, it all, it might not be the exact same message, but like the teaching, the styles, and maybe how they think about the Force and the Jedi, it all connects from, again, Qui-Gon straight to, straight to Luke, to Ahsoka, and Anakin. I love this quote. It's one of my favorite quotes by Filoni in this, uh, in this gallery. So, Andrea, what do you think about that whole quote? Do you do you like how he's connecting that? Do you feel that's that's accurate? Because I feel it's pretty accurate. I mean, if you do really look at what he's saying, I feel that's pretty accurate, right? I mean, Luke is thinking of what Obi taught him, and Obi was taught through Qui Gon. So, like the the methods are all the same there. So what do you think? Yeah, I really like that part as well. I think um, I'm going to go a tad bit away from the phony. And I (laughs) I feel like he gives Luke a lot more credit than Luke should have. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, interesting. Okay. So to me, to say that Luke is more on the path of Qui-Gon, um, I think what kind of connects that is because Luke is so naive of believing in the force uh, wholeheartedly that it puts him on that path of um, the force provides for you and, you know, I'm going to believe in this wholeheartedly. And Qui-Gon believed in that so much that he wanted to break away from the Jedi Order because they were so strict. And he wanted to flow with the force. So, yes, I do believe that they're on the same close path. But I also think that Luke has no idea what he's doing. And Qui-Gon was doing it with intention. So I will leave it at that. No, that's a really good point. You, I mean, you talked about that in that episode, though, too. I think a lot. How, like, you felt that he doesn't... Luke is still learning. Right. You talked about that in that episode. And I, I agree. I agree. I find it very interesting that how he's connecting it, though, just, you know, the via the teachings and. Oh, heck yeah. Going that, down down the line. It makes yeah, sense. You know, I love that, too. And the the way the teachings are interwoven is beautiful as well, too. And it connects all the stories all the way up to where we are now in Mandalorian. And then we lose track of it when we go somewhere else but i'm not gonna bring it up that's fair not gonna bring it up (laughs) but no i agree i agree yeah go ahead what else so that that is great because that's where it needs to be like anakin skywalker at the center who teaches him connects to um who came after him and vice versa it's just flowing all over the place i can't wait till we kind of find out uh grogu's origin and who was teaching him initially 
and what happened with that or maybe he wasn't being taught at all all maybe he was just too young i don't know um but having ahsoka in that episode and and completing that line so that people can see that she is a part of that family the skywalker family the jedi line as well was really great so you know floney always takes care of the lore and keeping it together and he has high respect for the skywalkers so he he's very protective over them so it, it it's like you said it's just a great quote because it gives you a little bit of perspective of where maybe this is going or what the intention of of what story they want to tell so yeah i mean floney he 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 <laughs> he gets it man he gets it you know he is george it, and you know it it's really just amazing to hear his thought process it's like opening a new world it's great yeah no i 100 agree like just it's so fascinating when he when he does talk about the lore because like you said he has such a deep knowledge of i think what what george really thought and what he saw and he just is putting it pen to paper to show like he's just putting it all together and you know it's cool to really i mean to to go back to that quote about how you know, Qui-Gon and like he's connecting Qui-Gon and Luke, you know, and all that. If you think about it, Ahsoka is even closer, I think, to Qui-Gon than I think Luke was based oh, yeah. on obviously her her leaving the order and trying to find her own way, but still believing in what the Jedi stood for, like what she felt was what they should be and trusting the force. And again, I uh, I hope we get more of the Luke Ahsoka stuff. We talked about that in that episode, dude. G- give me a, a two-hour sitting by the campfire talking stories. Like, I want that. And they even talked about that, which we'll, we'll kind of move into that. They talked about how, you know, putting Luke and Grogu and, like, connecting these stories. Because they talked about how, you know, it's been a while since we saw Mando. They wanted to bring him in because of the storytelling that they're trying to tell and, and how they're trying to all connect it. So bringing in Ahsoka and Luke and Grogu and that, that stuff was really fun. This is what I want to talk about though. I find it fascinating that Mark Hamill was a part of this whole thing. Not that it's bad or anything. Cause obviously he is Luke Skywalker plain and simple. That's his character. So I understand like him being there and maybe consulting and helping Graham, who's the one that played Luke in um in Boba Fett, Book of Boba Fett. Like I get it. I understand that, but for him I just don't get why maybe they would have him read lines and they were filming it. Like maybe that was more for Graham to see like how he interprets luke and how luke would be reacting so he was trying to do what hamill maybe was doing that makes all like sense but i guess i just don't understand why they would like get him to dress up and do all this stuff instead of maybe being like more of the consultant stuff i don't know why it threw me off but it just threw me off it was cool though because again that shows how much respect they have for mark hamill it shows how much they know 
what this character means to him. It does mean a lot to to Mark, 100%. And he should be involved if there is Luke stuff to do. He should be involved as far as consulting and like bouncing off ideas because there was some there was a a little bit of a, like a shot of like him talking about how he feels Luke would respond to when he's talking to Grogu and Filoni was there and he's listening to him and he's agreeing so like you understand how much they respect Mark's opinion as far as character but I just I don't know why at first it threw me off a little bit I'm like god I get why he's there but it just felt weird, like, again, them having him dress up and do some stuff. But again, I think it was more for Graham to kind of mimic and understand maybe how Mark would be if this was Mark as a younger gentleman, how he would be doing this in playing Luke Skywalker in these moments. So overall thoughts on that, Andrea, did, were you did it caught you off guard that he was there? in the process because i never i guess i never thought that he he would have been there so what would you think of all the whole mark stuff yeah i never thought he would be there either i was surprised but i wasn't like thrown off um i thought it, and you came around like what you were saying that it was like right. a, a composite performance of what mark would do as luke right and right it taught graham what to do personally i think feloni just has a man crush on mark hamill this could be <laughs> Could be, could be. I mean, again, Mark Hamill's Luke freaking Skywalker, so you I know, get it, right? right? So, but I think what Filoni also likes is that Mark Hamill honors Star Wars, just like how Filoni does. So he wants him around, and he wants his input, and he wants him to feel like he's a part of the performance as well, too, because he should be. He, he is Luke Skywalker, just like you said. That's what it comes down to. So... Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I kind of go to, did the sequel trilogy somewhat do a disservice to him? No, I don't think so. But I do think how some might think he should have been a little bit, not more involved, but more um, saturated into the sequel trilogies. And he wasn't. So now to be able to involve him in production is very... um honoring of what he is and what he how he pretty much create not created but um gave us the 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 soul or the essence of what luke skywalker is so um i like having him around i kind of almost wish like when i think about it like i feel like that's how they should have somehow involved like carrie fisher um not necessarily just having her do straight Leia performances, but having her um which she could, but also like as a as a guide, right? Because I feel like having her do performances was very taxing on her. I could be making stuff up. I have no idea. But um I wish if Carrie was still around that they would honor her in that way as well, too, is like using her of like, no, Leia wouldn't do that. And Leia would deliver it like this, you know, stuff like that. Um, so I'm cool with Mark Hamill hanging out. I wish I could hang out with him. You know, you're not wrong. No. And again, I, it, it's not like shade or anything that I'm throwing. I just find it interesting. But it again, it, I came around because it makes sense, especially when you watch this gallery. It makes sense that you're like you touched on. 
they're honoring him and they're letting him be a part of the character that he started that he it's his baby let's be honest just like ahsoka's dave filoni's baby luke is mark's baby that is his character he's very fond of it and he wants the people to do it right and he even said in a previous gallery i think in mando season two gallery he said yeah dude i want people to i want them to continue luke's story you know and and if if that's getting another character to do it, so be it. And that's basically what I think they're doing in a way too at this point is like having like Ram do the stunt double and learn from Mark, right? Because then eventually, you know, God forbid, or that day comes when Mark does become one with the Force, you can have somebody like Graham to like, okay, this is what I learned from Mark this entire time. So if they want to do stuff with Luke, they can because he's passing on what he's learned, right? I, I don't know if that makes sense. Do you think that's a little too far? Do you think that's something they're thinking about? Or this is just, again, giving honor to Mark doing it that way? It's giving honor to Mark and it's using all the resources, right? Lucasfilm is great about using all the resources. They keep all the animatronics. They keep all the molds. They go back into archive film and not just the movies. They go back into um, behind the scenes and and press and all of that. So using Mark Hamill as they're honoring him, but also using him as a great resource to make the best Star Wars performance and Star Wars story. Yeah, especially from a Luke Skywalker perspective. And then again, the technology, I thought that was really cool of how they, they talked about going from Mando season two to now. What resources, just like you're saying, what resources they were using. They brought in a guy from YouTube and to to kind of keep evolving the technology that they were using to do that. And again, it looked to this I will say that looked so good in Book of Boba Fett. Like they, they found a good, happy medium. I think, again, Graham did an excellent job. And then how they did the face on him with like the infrared stuff and all that. Like it does really capture a young, a young Luke. And again, I think that, and it's scary to think about, but it's only going to get better. Really? And that's, it's kind of crazy to think about, but they, to help, it made so much sense for them to bring in Mark. It really does. It threw me off for some reason in the beginning, but then I came around and be like, okay, yeah, it. I get that now. I get why they want to have him around a hundred percent. And then just seeing everybody kind of geek out that he was on set and they didn't tell uh, Rosario. Rosario. That's so cool. That was cool, man. I mean, it was, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Like that's just, that's, that's fun. Star Wars. That's really fun. Star Wars. Um, final thoughts on that or anything else you want to bring up, uh, for the gallery? Well, the only other thing I have is I really liked in the beginning when Favreau was talking about, uh, the expanded universe and what's canon oh, yeah. and yeah. they have a responsibility to look through both. Um, and then, kind of decide like yeah i i want to sprinkle some of this in here and no 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 i don't like that at all and even bringing it all the way back to like how the eu tried to explain like what who boba fett was and then when the prequels came out 
it was like, no, he's the clone of this bounty hunter Django Fett. And people are like, what? No, he wasn't. Um, so just that far back that um, the EU was starting to um, not be discarded, but noticing that some of those stories just didn't fit in the overall timeline. So they had to be tweaked and um, made to, you know, made to so that you have the opportunity to tell more stories about that character later. So I thought that that was really cool. The fact that they're knowledgeable on the EU and canon and that they look through both, um, that should make Star Wars fans not very happy. They shouldn't critique like, no, this is the way it was. And then they went and changed it. No, they, they're, they're structurally grabbing what they need to. So they can can continue telling stories. Um, you know, with Luke, um, with, with all that types of stuff. So that was pretty cool. I liked, I liked that mention. A couple of little things I liked too was, uh, was Favreau and Filoni geeking out over, uh, Yoda's lightsaber, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> that was cool. That stuff that is just cool. cool to show like what nerds they are about star wars and how things that get us excited um they still get excited about as well too um but such such a good do behind the scenes document documentary about a star wars um story so i always love when they do this i think even when we were talking about in our book of boba fett stories i was like i, I hope there's a gallery and i can't wait to see a gallery about this because, um, again, I was kind of proven correct that they use so many practical effects um, throughout this show. And it, it just, that's what seals it. Like that N1 Starfighter, bro. Like, Oh, Duck Chen being able to get it. Bro, that's, that Come is on. crazy. That That is so crazy. So overall, if you haven't watched this yet, um, I implore you to watch it because it's a good hour and one minute of reliving, you know, moments that make you appreciate Star Wars um better. That's all I got. Yeah. No, well said. Because it's, again, when we go and look at these behind the scenes stuff, you just get reminded of how much these creators the the artists the makeup people like how everybody is passionate about this how everybody loves it you know yeah feloni even said it he said when i walk around set there are amazing people that are invested into bringing these characters to the screen it means something to them and john and i want to mean something to the people working on it want it to to mean something to them so getting to see um this very um, family like interaction and everybody like wanting to, to enjoy something and then wanting to present it for other people to enjoy. It's just a really great feeling. That was the coolest part about this gallery is it gave a very great feeling of the intention of what's going on. So. Yeah, no, I understand. Agree. And I think this shows that again, they are connecting a huge story together right they're connecting mando to boba to probably ahsoka to mando season three to whatever comes next right so and they're passionate about it like you said and people and the people that are behind this care and they care a lot about star wars 
and it shows in this gallery and it shows in all the galleries, but this one in particular, I don't know why I feel like it really showed how much I think John and Dave are taking this seriously, how much Robert took the character of Boba Fett seriously. Like it just bleeded through and it showed. And again, I agree. If you haven't watched it yet, watch it. It's good stuff. It's really fun to see. It's one of our favorite things about star Wars is the behind the scenes stuff. It's, it's always cool to see the the practicals. And then even, again, going back to Doug Chan, going in the N1, and then he's in the volume and it's moving. Like, how freaking cool would that be? That is so wild. To be in that thing and then you're looking at the screen and the screen's moving. So you literally feel like you are you're flying. flying. That is insane. That's insane. Like, I, uh, I can't wait. I just can't wait to see how they use the volume more. Because uh, super side note, but if you watch the Batman, they use the volume as well. And when I watched the behind the scenes stuff for that, it's again they used it very similar, like for the um, uh, the chase scene in the Batman. So again, it's it's cool because again that gives the actor a real feel of shoot, man, I'm flying and I'm going pretty fast through this canyon. So like their move, their hand movements are probably similar to like what they would be doing so it's cool stuff and again yeah as a nice little nod to doug letting obviously you know he was the one that initially drew the in uh concept the n1 when he talked to george lucas about it so yeah overall good stuff kids you'll there's a lot to enjoy in this uh gallery as we as we talked about so that's it that's the show that was our kind of deep dive into this gallery again go watch it enjoy it for yourself uh, again, we appreciate all the love and support we've been getting. And uh, again, just thank you so, so much for listening. So you can follow us, the Galactic Podcast, at the Galactic Pod on Twitter. And we are on Apple Pod, Google Play, Spotify, all the major platforms. Please, 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 if you don't mind, do us a rate and review where you can. I know you can do it on Apple, and I think you can do it on Spotify for sure. But wherever you listen to us, please give us a, a rate and review. We appreciate it very, very much. You can follow me, Lauren Romo, at Loro Knows on Twitter. You can follow me, Andrea Gutierrez. I don't even remember. <laughs> Whoa. At R2D2Step on Twitter. I was too busy thinking about Dave Matthews during that whole thing. Three show- shows in, playing some old school stuff. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> That's how we glad to podcast around here. <laughs> I'm like, forget about Star Wars. Let's talk about DMB. Woo. <laughs> All right, kids. Thanks for listening again. And as always, may that force be with you. Always. Always. Always.